What's going on, guys? Welcome to the first episode of the new No Coast Wrestling Podcast. Uh, my name's James, uh, and uh, my co-host is Kyle, and then we have our producer, Morgan. For this first episode, we will kind of introduce ourselves and give you probably a little bit of our backgrounds, and then uh, get into looking at the scuffle preview coming up. So I guess I'll start as far as intros go. Uh, my name's James. Uh, I started wrestling in high school, never really did anything with it. Uh, coached while I was in college at one of the local high schools for about two years and graduated from Mizzou. So I'm a Mizzou fan, of course. And recently this year, just started doing some writing, wrestling writing for Mizzou. And that grew to writing for Oklahoma State and OU. And so just decided to start a podcast with some friends well yeah so kyle i'm kyle here i started getting to the sport of wrestling when i was about five years old my parents needed to find something to keep me busy while my brothers were in their sports and it's something i always enjoyed so i wrestled from then all the way through high school did club wrestling high school wrestling didn't decide to pursue it through college or anything like that so just went to college to get a degree ended up choosing oklahoma state for college which was just a no-brainer. They have a fantastic wrestling program. I have a little bit of OSU bias in me, but I don't I think that's that bad every now and then. It's just a sport I'm very passionate about. I think it's a fantastic thing that everybody should be interested in and should get a little bit more spotlight than it does every now and then. And with it growing a little bit more over the years, I think people are going to be wanting to hear different voices and hearing different sides of wrestling fans. So I think this would be a fun way to kind of Reach out to some people and get things going. All right, I'll go last. My name's Morgan, and I will be more more on the back end, not heard as much on the podcast. I did not wrestle in high school. I did not wrestle in college. I also went to Mizzou and then was tricked into being a wrestling fan by James, my boyfriend. So I guess I have some Mizzou bias, but in general, I am just a big fan of the sport of wrestling really hope that we can be a part of growing the fan base for it. And I'm also a huge advocate for getting more collegiate women's wrestling teams going. So I'll be doing all the back end. It's part of what I do professionally with virtual events. So hopefully the editing is to everyone's liking. And then I'll pop in with a witty comment every now and again. I'll turn it back over to the experts. Perfect. The first thing that we were going to touch on is we're only doing the the scuffle, I know that Midlands is also a pretty major tournament happening around this time, but as most people know by now, it got canceled. Um, a couple tournaments have popped up in its place, but I don't think that we fully know who's going where or what that'll look like. So we're just going to kind of let that play out. We'll probably talk about it afterwards. But yeah, this week we're just going to take a look at the scuffle, look at who we think will win at the individual weights some dark horses and then pick the team champ so i guess just starting off with 125 i i am taking Vito. i think he's the pretty dominant pick after seeing him at national duels and then my dark horse is going to be joe mancio from columbia uh he had that big win over latona earlier in the year you know i don't think that he's seen a ton of top competition outside of that but i think that he could maybe get some wins here or there and end up a little higher on the podium than expected yeah i, can, I agree there i think vito has got to be the obvious choice at 125 um 
the only real guy that maybe could possibly pose a threat that's been seen as uh, an entry would maybe in my eyes Pat McKee. Cardinal from West Virginia is in there too, but he's hasn't wrestled so far this year, and I don't know if he can really challenge a guy like Vito quite yet. I don't think he's at that same tier. So I'll go ahead and agree with you there that Vito's my champ. A possible dark horse for me, it's not a super deep weight. There's not a lot of guys um, that look too tough. Mancio, I think, is a great pick. He does have some solid wins in there. So I would kind of lean towards him. Or Ranking-wise, he doesn't look like a dark horse, but Noah Certain from Missouri has actually been on a bit of a tear lately, getting some really good wins. So he could maybe find himself in that finals discussion and surprise little people in this tournament. Yeah, I'd love I'd love to see certain in the finals. He, uh, McKee and Cardinal are two guys that knocked him out of the tournament last year. So I'll be crossing my fingers to see uh, a rematch there. Cardinal actually did make his debut last week, and he got a win over Gutierrez uh, from Chattanooga and Heil from Cleveland State. But I wasn't able to watch those matches, so I don't know exactly how he looked. Mm-hmm. I know that he was still recovering from an injury. Um, he had a decent showing last year in the NCAAs, you know, where he actually AA'd. So he could maybe be a possible improvement depending on how he comes off that injury. Yeah, definitely someone to keep an eye on, especially going uh, going forwards. Because he, he was kind of having a down year last year before NCAAs. And then he, him and Patrick McKee both just kind of got hot and uh, went pretty far. Um, but, yeah, not, not the, the deepest weight this year um also it looks like there are some guys that their teams will be there but so far according to like the early entries they're not listed like jacob camacho doesn't look like he's listed just yet so that's obviously a pretty big name that's missing um so with oklahoma state not sending any starters i think um master giovanni would have been easily high up in this conversation um he hasn't had a chance to face off against you know certain or Cardinal so far this year, but he has faced McKee, which he did have an impressive showing there. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is kind of hurting a little bit that our starters aren't going to be there getting to show off against you know upper level competition, but some of our backups might get a chance to shine there later. Mm-hmm. Um, moving on to 133, I originally had Corbin Myers, but he is also not listed. I think some of these teams that uh, where at national duels may just be sending certain guys. I don't know how they decide, but Virginia Tech has some guys, but Myers isn't there. So I I am going to take Rayvon Foley. I mean, he's the highest-ranked guy. It's kind of a cop-out pick, I think, but he's had a pretty solid year. He had a close loss at the beginning of the year to uh, Anthony Madrigal from OU. Uh, so I think that he's a pretty solid pick. Um as far as the dark horse, though, I think Jackson Desario, he's a little further back in the rankings, but he gave Dayton a pretty tough match, and I think this is his first year up at 133 from uh, 125, and so I'm kind of interested to see what he might look like. He's 10-3 and three so far this year, so but he, two of his losses are to Dayton and Vito, uh, so just someone to keep an eye on. Yeah, there's really nothing wrong with your losses being to Dayton and Vito. That's pretty good. I'm going to also go ahead and take Rayvon Foley as my guy to go ahead and win that weight at 133, just because a lot of top guys not really showing up. Uh, and then someone I'm going to take as my dark horse, who's uh, not even really ranked here, but Kai Orin from North Carolina State. 
I've seen him in a couple matches, and he's pretty tough. That guy's got some skill and some funk to him. I think he could come out there, and I think he could easily make the finals in this bracket. Mm. He's actually a Missouri guy from Sekman. He was like a three-time state champ. So Yeah, yeah, he's a pretty impressive dude. It's always nice to see those Missouri guys make it, even outside of Mizzou. Moving to 141, I think this is where we might start to get into some more discussion. I'm taking Alan Hart. I know it's, there's some Mizzou bias there, but he, uh, you know, Clay Carlson is the highest ranked guy there right now. And last year, Hart, I believe, majored him 14 to four, although it was pretty early in the season. Obviously, um, Carlson went on to be place eighth and Hart lost in the blood round, but the. He also had the sudden victory lost, Hart did, to Alirez. So he'll have to get through him as well. And then Real Woods is up there too. So it's kind of – it's a long road. And Hart kind of had a rough start to the year, but I really liked how he's looked lately at National Duels. I thought he looked really good getting a pretty solid win over Ryan Jack, um, who was going to be my dark horse, but I also did not see him listed. So I would probably – Honestly, a guy that's not ranked this year because he's not the starter anymore, Dusty Hone for OSU. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, he's always tough. He's been ranked before. I wouldn't be surprised to see him take some guys out on the way. Dusty's also my dark horse in that bracket. Um, The the top of that bracket's pretty smashed together. There's a lot of guys that could possibly take each other out on the way to the finals. Uh, But looking at who's registered here, um, I'm actually going to go with Keyjohn Clark, believe it or not, to take a, take the win on this bracket. Um, I think going to North Carolina has been a little bit of a boost for him. He's got some tougher guys in the room. They have a nice little tougher schedule than he used to have at American. And um, in terms of Noble wins this year, he has does have that sudden victory win over Chad Red which is a pretty solid win. I have a hard time picking between him and um, Real Woods, but Real Woods had been battling an issue earlier, and sometimes when you have those injuries that linger and you're you know, going throughout a tournament, that can kind of hurt you you know, throughout a long, tough little tournament there. So I'm going to take Keyshawn Clark to win the bracket, and then also Dusty Hone is going to go ahead and be my dark horse to go ahead and place somewhere in there possibly make third place match something like that mm. um he's not the starter this year obviously because you know carter young's in there young guy and he's been getting beat in the room but he does um he has been ranked in the past he does have some previous solid victories so i think he's a guy that can maybe come out there with a little to prove a lot of times osu has some guys that no one really thinks about and then they come out and they do pretty well to scuffle and it, you know no big win so far for him this year because he's just been at opens, but he has been winning pretty decisively. Yeah, I I think he's he's definitely someone that kind of might be getting overlooked since he's not starting right now. But this way actually has a lot of, as I'm looking through the entries, a lot of interesting names. Um, Lachlan McNeil is a redshirt freshman from North Carolina, like currently redshirting. He, uh, he has a win over Ryan Jack earlier this year. Um, and then... Who was I looking at? Ethan Miller. He's another Missouri guy who went out to Maryland. He's been having a pretty solid year, but I don't think has a real statement win just yet. 
um, and Josh Saunders from Cornell. I, I, I was just about to bring that up as I was looking yeah. at the register list. I saw him, and I feel like he's been a little forgotten. Yeah, um, he's he's a pretty big time blue chip recruit. Haven't heard much out of him. Uh, obviously, you know, with Ivy's not being involved because of all the COVID stuff, but I think he could be kind of a quiet guy in there making some noise. Oh yeah, you know, a lot of people think of him more as like a freestyle guy, but he's he's got college matches like the past three years. Um, he's got some weird. I'm looking at his record now. He's got a loss to Mackenzie Bell. Um, a loss to a teammate, it looks like, but he's also had some pretty, uh, he's, he's been a lot more proven in freestyle than folk style. So we'll have mm -hmm. to see what he looks like at the scuffle, but just definitely someone that's kind of an interesting name in the, in the entry list, I think. Yeah, um, I definitely think one for I think that could be a pretty fun way to watch, um, just with those top guys and somebody's even take out the other one. There's a lot of rank guys there in that way. Yeah, I unfortunately we do, we won't get the brackets to like the day before, but that'll definitely uh, someone runs into someone like Saunders first round could get things moving. Um, at one forty nine, same thing with feeling like a pretty dominant champ here in Yanni. Mm -hmm. um, you know, he had a close win over Jaden Abis of Stanford in a kind of weird match, but Yanni's one of those guys that I feel like. Anytime he gets to rematch a guy, he separates a little more. So I, I'm going to take him pretty, pretty strongly. And then my dark horse, again, a Mizzou guy, Josh Edmond. Um, he is ranked this year, but I was actually pretty iffy on him to start the year. I thought that he had a really good offense, but his uh, cardio was a little iffy. But then he completely blew me away at the national duels where he had a couple takedowns on Tariq, beat Manzanona Bryant in overtime and looked really good in both matches. So, you know, he's... yeah, he, he looked totally different at, at yeah. those duels. He had a different gas tank. He had a lot more momentum and it looked like he had a lot of drive to finish matches that we haven't seen earlier in the season. Yeah. Especially against Tariq when he was down, he, uh, he came out firing and really, really pushed him at times. But um, he does have – this is a tough weight. There's three All-Americans in front of him, so he may may have an uphill battle to get there. But I, I like him to at least put on some, some good matches. Yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm, I haven't seen that uh, those performances from the national duels. I've only seen Edmund at the tri-duel with UNI and Virginia Tech, which I did see a lot of explosiveness and a lot of – promise out of him but yeah gas tank was an issue there so if that's kind of something on the up and up he could definitely be a guy to watch out for mm -hmm. um yeah 149 for me it's yanni as the champ next question on that he's abbas can maybe give him a tough fight but you know i just don't see yanni giving up a loss like that not at a time here um he's just too good in every phase of the match um Dark horse wise for me, I'm I am interested in that Edmund pick for sure, especially with you know improvement that he's got showing. But um, and this is reaching for me because little OSU bias, but OSU is bringing in two big time blue chip recruits that have only had uh, showings at open tournaments this year, but both Travis Mastro Giovanni and Victor Vuinovich, uh, two highly recruited guys um, that are. Looking pretty good so far on the year. I'm not going to take Master Giovanni, but Vojinovic, 
I think could come in there and probably, you know, he's not going to make the finals. He, he might not even place, but I think he could get an upset somewhere in this tournament and shake things up a little bit and kind of surprise some people. Yeah, they'll they'll definitely be interesting because I think Voinovich only has like one D one match this year, so it'll be a pretty good tournament to kind of get a good uh, estimate on where he's at. Same with Master Giovanni. I think they both have just a couple matches. But yeah. I'm also keeping an eye out on Peyton Omania. Um, mm-hmm. He, a lot of people know him from last year. He got a pretty big pin. Um, I believe he's a big Bre- uh, Greco guy. So, you know, he's always dangerous for a throw here, there, headlock. Um, but past that, no one really jumps out that I recognize. I feel like this is Yeah, Omania was another one that was. He was another one standing out to me. Um, a guy that could maybe be a little fun to watch in a couple matches is Joey Bianchi from Little Rock. Mm-hmm. I think those Little Rock guys are they're tough wrestlers, man, and they're they seem pretty well coached. They come out and they wrestle very hard. And he's got, you know, he's a pretty tough wrestler. So I wouldn't mind seeing him wrestle some guys tough and see what he's able to kind of do out there. Yeah. Yeah, I like Little Rock. Yeah, this this weight feels a little top heavy. Like I said, there's three all Americans. Um, and Yanni, Jaden, Abbas, and Milner, Jonathan Milner mm-hmm. from um, App State. So, and then there we might. There's Noah Bryce Andonian. Oh, there's also Josh Feinsilver, who's always kind of been right on the edge guy. Same with Josh Heil. So, yeah, those Feinsilver brothers never leave, man. They're yeah. always there. Yeah, there seems to always be one on Duke's team. It'll be interesting to see if anyone can break into that kind of like top five, top six. Uh, and get on the podium there. 157, which looking at it, just the entries already looks like a crazy stacked weight. I'm going to take Brayton Lee to win. I think he's looked really good this year. You know, two-time All-American. I really like how he wrestles, and I think he matches up really well with the guys that are here. There's a lot of interesting, not a lot, but there's a handful of interesting uh, dark horses here. Uh Brock Mahler is in the tournament at 157, which is kind of interesting. You know, he's a former two-time all or current two-time All-American from Mizzou that's redshirting. I imagine that he will be the starter at 157 pounds next year once and Jake Hughes will redshirt. So this is like a really cool way to see him test the waters at this weight. Um, I'm also looking at AJ Kovacs of NC State. He, you know, he's the backup to um, Ed Scott, but I believe that he actually has a win over Ed Scott this year. Um, let me see if I can find that. And Ed Scott obviously just beat Caleb Young and Jared JQ. So let's see. He, oh no, he lost Ed Scott. No, he did beat it. They're one and one against each other. He beat him nine mm. eight, and then he got pinned by him. So yeah, I like that one a lot. Um, one fifty seven. That's another one that just is looking really fun. Uh, my champ I picked as well is also Brayton Lee. He's had two wins over some pretty good guys this year. He had decisive wins over both Wyatt Sheets and Jared Jacques in Sheets. I know it's kind of a weird circumstance, but he did end up as an All-American last year. And Jacques wrestles a lot of guys really tough. Um, he doesn't always pull out the wins, but he is a permanently tough guy to wrestle. I think his record this year is deceiving from how good he actually is. And O'Connor... Yes, he's returning national champion, but has not 
impressed me like he did when he was down at 49. Um, so I'm definitely going to lean Brayton Lee. And then in terms of uh, a dark horse or somebody makes some noise in there, I'm interested to see how Brock Mahler looks up a weight. And because he hasn't wrestled all year, I'm he's either going to come out guns firing or could maybe look possibly a little flat. But I think, I mean, he's got unbelievable talent and is obviously a two-time All-American, so he can make a lot of fun in there. And then Chase Saldate is a very talented wrestler. I think he can almost sneak his way into the finals or something like that, depending on how guys are getting beat up and mentally throughout this tournament. Yeah, I wish I could pick Jake Hughes, but he's he's already lost to Brayton Lee and Jared Frannick this year, and he's just looks a little off this year. I don't know what's going on with him, but I think I, he... I do wonder though if it if it'll give him something to prove, something to come back on at this tournament. Maybe it's it's a little bit of a fire that he needs to do something impressive. That's what I'm hoping. You know, I was kind of saying the same thing about Alan Hart when he kind of looked just kind of not the same coming out earlier in the year. And then he really bounced back at the national duels, like I talked about earlier. So, you know, Jake Hughes beat Jared Frenick last year. So if I, it feels possible that maybe he could sneak his way into the finals or at least third place. I I feel the same with Austin O'Connor where Upper weight class is just kind of not the same this year yet. You know, he had that loss to Peyton Rob early on. Um, and I think Brayton Lee kind of presents some of the same issues on the feet that, that O'Connor might feel. But it'll be it'll be interesting to see. Uh, I think that match will be pretty much fully decided on the feet. I see. And you never know, depending on how the, bro- the brackets lay out, we could see a rematch from last year NCAA's with O'Connor and Mahler meeting, yeah. which that match went to top bottoms. So we could maybe see a crazy match early on in this tournament, just depending on how the seating works out. Yeah, I'm really curious to see if they do see the Mahler somewhere, if they just throw him in as a unseated guy. Um, I'm <laughs> sure Smith will try to get them him and Jake on opposite sides of the bracket just in case. So that'll be definitely be interesting. I don't really see any other guys that really jump out past yeah, those couple me. guys. There's Joe Lee, you know, Penn State. You never really know. They tend to have a pretty good showing at uh, yeah, Joe Lee's just – he's never really popped to me. Um, he's been kind of hanging around the last couple of years, but has never had much of a signature win or been high up in the rankings. He just never seems to perform at that high level. Yeah, I think – I think he placed last time he was at the scuffle. He actually beat Jake Wenzel in 2020. Um, but we have definitely not really seen that same Jolie this year. He recently, he just lost to Colton Yapujian from Cornell. So I I don't have any crazy expectations, but you never know with Penn State guys, you know? It's true, yeah. Who knows? Always well coached. So. Yeah, he might come out and win the damn thing. So. <laughs> it's really possible. Yeah, for real. Um, all right, 165. I, of course, have to take Keegan O'Toole. The, my dark horse, there's a lot. Of, I think this weight might have the most ranked guys, at least per Flo's rankings. So it's kind of hard to pick a guy that's a true dark horse. William Formato from App State, you know, he's, he's pretty well ranked. I could see him kind of breaking into maybe the third place match. And then also... Andrew Sparks and Tanner Cook. Uh, Tanner Cook's from South Dakota State. Andrew Sparks from Minnesota. I think both those guys are 
a lot of fun to watch. They actually wrestled earlier in this year in kind of a crazy match. Um, and Alex Facundo for Penn State is also mm. listed. A lot, lot of guys in this weight. Yeah, Andrew Sparks is he's no scrub. I like watching him wrestle. Um, for me as well, I'm gonna go ahead and take Keegan O'Toole at 165 champion. He's, I mean, obviously he's a stud. He was an All American last year, but he looks like he's taking another jump this year. He looks like he's on a mission to not only win the national championship, but possibly putting himself in Hodge contention as well. Mm. I mean, he's a pinning machine. If you don't watch, you're going to get cradled. You're going to get snatched up by him. And he beats tough guys. He's always in crazy scramble situations in his tough matches, I believe, but he comes out of those tough matches and those scrambles usually on top. In terms of Dark Horse, for me, it's a guy that's gotten kind of beaten down by these upper guys, but he doesn't get majored. So Tommy Bullard from NC State, he wrestled Keegan to a controversial decision um, <laughs> because of his, uh, we'll call him stalling Spingy. techniques. Um, yeah. <laughs> little sketchy techniques, but he's a tough wrestler nonetheless. Hangs in there with those tough guys. He doesn't get blown out, but he will hang in there and he'll be tough. Also, Peyton Hall. Another guy, I know he's pretty highly ranked, but he's a guy that could sneak his way up into that finals discussion too. I mean, Shane Griffith is the returning national champion, but he seemed a step off this year a little bit. I don't really know what to attribute that to, but he does look a little different to me so far. Um, It's not like he's lost anybody bad by any means, but the way Keegan is just on such a tear and wrestling with such – just determination. He looks like he's going to be the one for me. Well, and what's really cool is that we may see a rematch. Griffith had that loss to Ramirez earlier in the year, and depending how seeds work out, that could be a, a semis match. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious about that. I wouldn't mind getting a chance to watch that match again. Um, that, that match was yeah, also a little controversial. Yeah, I mean, the only losses Griffith's got on the year is, yeah, that controversial loss to Ramirez and then Evan Wick, who's back and better than ever. So yeah. he's still dangerous. Yeah, this weight top to bottom is is pretty tough. Like we said, Facundo's there. Clayton Olray, he doesn't have the best record this year, but he's he's a he's a tough dude. He wrestled Keegan really really tough. Um, mm-hmm. Keegan had to work for that major, so that's probably one of the more interesting brackets, especially if we can get a Griffith O'Toole match in the finals. That'd, that'd be, be fun to watch. Yeah. I would love that. That would be exciting. God, that'd be fun to watch. I know. I know that would, I, I, Keegan has not gotten to face a lot of top, top guys. You know, he wrestled Luke Weber to start the season and pinned him. <laughs> so I'm really curious to see what he can do against some of these other top 10 guys. Moving on to 174. Uh, originally I had Hayden Heidley for NC State as the champ, but I do not see him listed as entered. So I'm going to take Chris Foca. You know, he just had, he barely lost to um, the champ, last year's champ, Starachi, and then uh, had an overtime match with Makai Lewis, uh, where both, you know, in the Starachi match, he got ridden out in the third, which is not like an uncommon thing for a freshman to have, but I don't know that he'll see another guy in this weight that says, good on top as Strachi is and then as you know anyone that can take Makai into overtime is is a dangerous dude and I think that he there are some weird match tactics in that match that did not work out I I think that he might be 
he he had that loss to Kemp from uh, what Cal Poly earlier this year, but mm-hmm. I think he might be starting to separate against some of these other guys. Um, and then my dark horse, you know, Peyton Mako, another Mizzou guy. I, I don't know about dark horse there. <laughs> he's, well, I mean, in terms of rankings, he's like what the sixth guy, seventh guy in rankings, but he's also been he's been ranked in the top ten so far this year. Sometimes so he, if it wasn't, he had a pretty weird loss to Pat Schoenfelder from you and I, but yeah, you know, that was a weird loss. he, he lost to Clay Lout last year. That's the loss that knocked him out of the NCAAs. Um, I think in the round of 16. So I wouldn't mind seeing that rematch. Kay DeVos is up for 157 pounds and is obviously very tough. If I had to go with someone that is not Peyton Mako, let's see, then I would probably, you know, Flitz. Thomas Flitz from App State is pretty tough. He's an honorable mention for Flo right now. But outside the rankings, uh, Bailey O'Reilly is uh, interesting. I got to watch him at the UNI Open, I believe. Let me double-check that before I make sure I'm not. While you're double-checking, I will take an opportunity to say that while I do have a Mizzou bias, what I more have is a Peyton Mako bias. And I don't care what anyone says. With Hidley out of this competition, I – I'm ready for him to sweep the floor. I'm, it's going to happen. He, she, James predicted that he was going to lose over and over again at this tournament. He predicts him to lose by a mile in some of these matchups. And he's got something going this season where he is just putting up fights even in his losses. And he looks incredible this year. So no slander against Peyton Mako on this podcast. He, no slander. He is probably one of my favorite wrestlers to watch. If you guys haven't watched him, he is. He's got to be one of the most stressful wrestlers to watch. Yes. He is. I don't know that there's anyone that has more flexible hips than him. Oh, he, yeah. he is a great scrambler. He's a Askren Wrestling Academy guy. Um, and, you know, last year, I think he bumped up from 165 kind of early in the year. But this year, after getting a chance to grow into the weight, he he looks really good. He took Makai to overtime where, you know, I thought we thought he won on the edge, but he didn't get it. So he, he <laughs> ended controversial up losing, finish to say the yeah, least. He ended up losing in rideouts. And then Hydley, where Hydley was pushing for the major, Mako was able to get a takedown and prevent that. And just like, I mean, he was, he cut Hydley and was, was back on him and trying to, trying to come back with short time. Like, he he does look like a different wrestler this year. I think 174 is one of the tougher weight classes. Mm-hmm. Um, but back to my dark horse unranked guy. I think I'll go with Bailey O'Reilly. Um, he is 13 and three this year with losses to Labriola, Kay DeVos, and Austin Brenner. But he also has two three wins over that Pat Schoenfelder guy. You know, he's a four, he was a national qualifier in 2020. So I think, you know, he's unranked. Obviously, he's not the starter behind Kratiger, but I think he's pretty, pretty solid guy. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him get close to that podium level. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, definitely for me, with Hidley being out, um, he was, he was for sure my pick to win it. Um, and then actually, the guy I was going with second to be the next champ who is also not going to be there, was Dustin Plott of OSU. Mm. Um, I mean, I'm not going to spend too much time talking about him. Last year he had a 
a lot of difficulties with big time shoulder injury. Um, and just kind of, it was national qualifier, but was just way too injured to really make it anywhere deep. This year he is looking healthy and good. He has beaten uh, Mickey O'Malley, who's the top guy in this bracket. He's taken down Hayden Hastings impressively. Um, absolutely throttled Anthony Mantanona, and he's taken out Tyler Eichens of Stanford, um, as well as Kratiger. So he's beaten a lot of these guys that are being discussed at with this weight, and he's not going to be present. So the guy I will take that is present to win this weight will be uh, Chris Foka. I think he's definitely up there. He is wrestling at a top-tier level. He's hanging in there with some of the best guys uh, in the country. I know Matt Feinsilver is ranked higher, and Matt Feinsilver already – Actually, has 17 matches on the year. Um, yes, he is 17 and oh, he doesn't have anything crazy uh, big. He's got a he's got to win over O'Malley in here, over Ninehouse from Purdue, Sam Wolf of uh, Air Force twice. Nothing crazy though. He doesn't have any huge wins, but he does have 17 matches. And sometimes when you've been really active, you're really fresh and healthy and you got a lot of matches under your belt that can be a little bit of a, a benefit to some guys but yeah, i'm still he, gonna lean foca for me. he looks really good at, he was looks like he was injured last year but former two-time national qualifier and you know duke guys fine silver guys they they're always tough you know <laughs> like those fine silver brothers wrestle hard <laughs> yeah they, they're always those guys that are qualifiers and at least round of 16 round of 12 kind of guys like they're always yeah, dangerous sure. And then I will not uh, – no Peyton Mako slander here. Um, I'm actually going to have Peyton Mako – no, I'm not going to have – I'm going to have Clay Lout meeting Foka in, in the finals, depending on how brackets work out. But those are my top two guys in that bracket, um, and the Peyton Mako coming in kind of third in my little tier I've got going there for those guys. Peyton Mako, I think, is highly offensive, highly dangerous. Um, what did they call Ness back in the day? Highly combustible material. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Peyton Mako is one of those guys. He can get into some funky situations and he can make things happen. It is a top heavy bracket for sure. So I will have to take probably Flitz, I would say, as a dark horse in this one. Um, just not a lot of guys down there that are looking too huge, like they can make that much noise. I'm also as well interested in O'Reilly, Minnesota. I just like Minnesota wrestlers. I feel like they're always well coached. They wrestle hard. And they can, you know, develop really quickly. So that's one to watch as well. Would you have taken plot if Hydley was here as well? If both guys were here? If Hydley's in the bracket, I'm taking Hydley to win the whole bracket. I don't have plot's not going to beat him yet for sure. But I think plot could wrestle him similarly to how Mako did. So plot's going to get in there and he's going to get high offensive output. He's going to he he's going to get a takedown in that match. You know, he can maybe struggle in the top-bottom positions and write-outs and stuff like that, where I think Hiley's just a much more controlled technical wrestler and can control those situations better. So I definitely think I would take Hiley over Plot at this moment in time. Uh, but he's not going to – I don't think he's going to bonus him. I think it would be a, a tough, close match. Um, but if Hiley's in the bracket, I'm, I'm taking Hiley. Yeah, I'm kind of bummed we're not seeing him. He's always fun to watch. He's – bumped up two weight classes and still looks like one of the bigger guys at the weight somehow, but yeah, I'm excited. Huge. I haven't seen a ton of Foka this year. Uh, I watched some of his matches at national jewels and some of his matches at cliff Keen, but you know, he, he got the only takedown in that Starachi match, which I think is 
really indicative of of where his skills may be and developing. Yeah, I might be getting ahead of myself, like in terms of you know where we're at. It's only December right now, but Hiley's my guy. I'm I'm writing him all the way to the championship over Sirachi at the end of the year. All right, I I, I like it. That well, like I said, well, I think 174 is consistently one of the toughest weight classes, and and it feels like. You know, especially this year, like guys one through I don't know five or six could could win the whole thing. Um, oh yeah, without a doubt. All right, moving on to one eighty four. I have again another NC State guy that's not here. I originally had Trent Hidley. With him gone, I'm going. Same. To, yeah, with him gone, I'm going to go ahead and take Hunter Bolin. I you know he just lost to John Lowe, who was also here from Cornell, but I think that he. That match was kind of weird. If I remember, he gave up a takedown late in the third and then gave up the takedown overtime. Um, and, you know, Bolin's a tough dude. He's not really the type of guy that I would expect to lose a match like that. He's normally one of those guys that I think can kind of grind you out. Um, mm-hmm. But so, you know, obviously I would not be surprised to see Low beat him again. But right now I think as a more established guy, I'm going to take him to – maybe even get his revenge for my dark horse. I've got two here after looking at the, at the entries, I'll start with Isaiah Salazar from Minnesota. Um, you know, same thing. I, I really like Minnesota guys. I went to J Rob when I was in high school. So I have an affinity for those guys. He, uh, he doesn't have a lot of matches this year. He's, he, he's five and one on the year with his one loss, a sudden victory loss to, to go to gear um, in that duel. And I remember after that match, I was kind of surprised. But then um, Willie Saylor was tweeting about how he really liked Salazar. And, you know, last year he had one loss to Nelson Brands. He hasn't wrestled anyone too crazy, but I think that he may be may show himself to be a pretty tough guy and maybe have a chance to break into the rankings um, for, for Minnesota this year. Uh, my second guy is actually – you know, another Mizzou guy, Colton Hawks. <laughs> he, uh, one of the junior world team members for Mizzou. He didn't, he went four and four last year. He's two and one this year. Last year, he had a three um, two loss to Parker Keckheisen and a five four loss to Britt Wilson, who are both All Americans. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a win over Tate Samuelson. Yeah. A top wrestler. Yeah, um, and then this year he's he only wrestled once at the UNI Open, but he he had a six-one loss to Parker Ketkaisen. Um, I think I don't know exactly what the issue was. I think he's coming off of a knee injury, um, so I'm hoping that now that he's got some matches in, especially against a guy like Ketkaisen, I would not be shocked at all to see him get on the podium. Um, I would actually love to see a match between him and Kent. Uh, Jeremiah Kent from Mizzou, you know, mm-hmm. he, he's obviously a tough guy, but he's kind of, he's kind of a weird wrestler sometimes. And, and I really like Colton Hawks upside. So even if Hawks is retroing this year, I'd, I'd like to see what maybe the future holds for Mizzou at that weight. Yeah, I agree. I think that could be pretty fun to watch. Honestly, you know, I don't have as much Mizzou exposure as you do, but the matches I've seen from both Kent and from Hawks, I, uh, I kind of prefer Hawks in that matchup uh, i feel like he's just got a little bit more to him he's got more um stuff in the bag 
he seems like he's got more offensive output. He seems like a guy who, if healthy, you know, he'll be contained to take that that starter position back and maybe make some noise. And he just um, wrestles. He wrestles like angry, which I really like. Like I feel like, yeah. Kent, I feel like Kent is kind of missing some of that edge to him in some matches. But Hawks, like when he wrestles, he looks pissed the whole time. And he, when I've seen uh, Kent, sometimes it looks like he can stick his head down and kind of be upset. Oh yeah, and kind of not not necessarily quits on the match, but he he kind of deflates a little bit and doesn't have that same vibe. Yeah, to start I, the match. I think you saw that uh, against Hydley recently at National Duels, which was a pretty tough match because Hydley was it was a tight tight match, and then Hydley blew it open with like I don't know three or four takedowns in the third period and just kind of broke them. Mm-hmm. And I I just don't see Hawks being being a guy like that. You know. Yeah, I saw that with uh, the Hunter Bolin match as well. Whenever they dueled Virginia mm-hmm. Tech, um, I felt like Bolin got up early and just kind of just kind of handled him from top, and he just did not have the energy or the drive to really get out and fight for it. Um, and speaking of Bolin, he's going to be the guy I'm taking to win this weight. I know he does have that loss to John Loeb. I feel and Bolin's a you know three-time qualifier, one-time All-American. He's a very tough wrestler. He's beaten a lot of highly ranked guys throughout the years. He is a tough dude. So I'm I'm thinking he's going to win this weight. And then in terms of a dark horse, somebody down there, I'm liking Hawks as well, and Gavin Kane of North Carolina. Mm-hmm. I think he can maybe do something with Funky and come out there and make some noise as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's always really solid. At 197, I'm taking Rocky. Rocky Elam from Mizzou. I know he just lost to Trumbull. Um, but watching that match, it kind of looked like uh, Rocky came out real pumped. You know, uh, Kent had just got majored. Mizzou needed a major to match it to probably have a chance to win the duel. And I think he just kind of went too hard too early. Uh, although he did have some struggles in that match. He he struggled to finish on a single leg. Trumbull outscrambled him at times and put on a tough ride. Uh, it really reminded me of Rocky's opening round at NCAAs last year where he lost to Jacob Woodley and then later beat him uh, for fifth place, 9-3. to three. So I think Rocky may just be one of those guys that's just like, you got you to bring him back sometimes, you know, so you don't, or you don't like gas yourself out like he did. And mm-hmm. I don't, uh, and you know the the number two guy in terms of rankings is Owen Pence, who he already majored earlier in the year. So I I I feel pretty confident taking him. I've, I'm disappointed. There's no Trumbull in this weight, which is disappointing to see. But you know he he'll get some good matches. Jacob Cardenas is really tough. Um, yeah, Cardenas is guy I think. Could be a little scary at this weight. Um, he's yeah. got you know some losses this year, but none of them are bad losses. I mean, he went four-two with Max Dean, sudden victory loss to uh, Purdue Panola. Mm-hmm. He has a loss here to Woodley as well. But Jake Woodley is another guy who record does not tell his story. He wrestles mm-hmm. the best guys close every time, and then a three-two loss to Dupre. So he's you know he's got some losses, but no bad losses at all. And Cornell is talented all the way throughout, so he could be scary. Yeah, and I think in that Max Dean match, he just lost out on a couple positions, and he he's kind of a, a lanky, kind of weird guy to wrestle to. So yeah, 
Um, he's he's tough. Um, as far as like a real dark horse, though, Michael Beard is registered at this weight. You know, mm-hmm. Penn State has Max Dean there now, so I think he people sometimes forget about Beard, but he's former All American. Um, I don't know if he'll come in on unseated but if he does that could be a real issue um there's also yeah he could ruin someone's day (laughs) yeah yeah there's also um mikhail foy for minnesota another minnesota guy here um he has kind of an interesting year he was pretty successful at harper college um and then this is his first year at minnesota he's 10-4 this year and his losses are to pence ferrari uh, mm-hmm. Patrick Brucky and then Jake Kozer of Navy. Um, kind of similar to a, a, quite a few guys this year. He doesn't have like a huge win, but he also doesn't have any bad losses. And his wins are, so far have been pretty, pretty dominant. He's got a bonus percentage of 65%. So, you know, if he gets his hands on some of these guys, I wouldn't be surprised to see him maybe get that statement win this year. Yeah, for sure. I'm also going to go ahead and lean uh, with Rocky Elam to win this. His new kryptonite, Trumbull, is not going to be there. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, yeah, but Rocky, I mean, yeah, with Pence being the second highest guy, and he's already established that. Um, Rocky, I think for sure, I, he's not going to come out having a, like an adrenaline issue or a gas tank issue. These are guys, he should come in, control the match, and he should win these matches. I see rocky kind of working his way pretty steadily throughout this tournament mm-hmm. um in terms of a uh, dark horse a guy that um i feel like used to get a ton of hype um and has always been highly ranked multiple years he's been three-time qualifier and made his way through the tournament uh, a very dangerous wrestler in cam caffey um i've never honestly been the biggest caffey fan but he is super dangerous and has been pretty good this year. He's got some weird losses. Um, he lost to Robleski of Illinois and also Kozer of Navy. Only other loss to Woodley. But he's just a dangerous dude. And he tends to just mess things up for guys at the most inopportune times. And I could see him doing that. I could see him coming in here and just... He might not win the whole tournament, but he's going to come in there and he's going to ruin someone's day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Caffey's always tough. Um, I, he hasn't... I don't think found the same level of success at 197 as he did 184, but with his style, yeah, sure. he he could definitely give someone issues. Andy Smith for Virginia Tech, I think, is also someone that I'm looking at. There's a lot of guys in here that um, are tough, but kind of not talked about because they're redshirting or they just they're not starting, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, I think, I'm glad I think, we're gonna see Beard for yeah, sure. Me too. Um, I think Andy Smith is might be retroing this year. He was the starter for Virginia Tech last year, and his he lost to Cardenas three two. So he uh, he's definitely someone to kind of keep an eye out on. He didn't have the best ACCs, but as a young guy, you never know what kind of jumps they'll make as the season goes. Yeah, exactly. You know? There's not really no one else really jumps out to me. I feel like this weight's kind of thin. Um, if Rocky comes out like he did before, I feel like he's a pretty far and away guy since Pence is the mm. number two. Well, you never know. The uh, the guy calling out A.J. Ferrari to start the year, Andrew Stemmitz down there, he's registered, so he likes to throw some fear <laughs> into guys. Maybe he'll, yeah. <laughs> hey, he's, he'll come out there and he'll get worked. <laughs> he, he may not be ranked, but he's probably one of the funnier guys 
on Instagram after that Ferrari match. Uh, moving on to 285. I originally I had Gable, but he's not registered, which is not too surprising. I don't think we'll see Gable too often. With him not being here, there's a lot of guys that I feel like could win. Uh, Zach Elam's the highest ranked guy here, but I, as a Mizzou fan, I have a hard time trusting Zach Elam at times. Um, I think that Owen Treffin for NC State is a really interesting name. Um, we did not get to see him versus Elam, unfortunately, but he's seven and two on the year. He does have a loss to Michael Wolfgram, who is also registered, but I think that you know it was a six five loss at West Virginia. I think that he uh we could see that loss of venge here. I think Treffin's really interesting because uh he stole the starting spot away from Deontay Wilson who's a two-time qualifier and usually a really tough heavyweight. And um, when they met this year, Treffin handled him. Yeah. So he's, yeah, he's a sneaky good guy in there. Well, what's also crazy, NC State has Treffin, Deontay Wilson, uh, as obviously two guys that everyone knows, really tough guys at Mm. this point. But they're kind of, I guess, third-string guy, Tyree Houghton. He just wrestled for them for national duels, and he looked great. He took uh, he, he took Elam to the brink, didn't he? Well, well, he kind of he he got takedown late, but he was I mean he was pushing Elam for sure. He also in the Cassiopeia match he lost six two, but there were times where I thought he was maybe not win, but would would start to score on him. Uh, I thought he was close to some takedowns. He uh, he's there. He was actually their one ninety seven starter in twenty twenty. Um, and he's he's had an up and down. Um, he's eleven and five this year, but let's see. One, he has a loss to Wilson, and then he's got a loss to Hunter Katka from Virginia Tech, which he's um, avenged twice, and then the Elam and Cassiope losses. So I mean, he's he's a tough dude. Um, I would not be surprised. I th- I think that I'll probably take Treffin as to win. I think that both of those NC State heavyweights are real good dark horses here. Um, there's also Seth Nevels, who's been really solid for Penn State in the past. As well as AJ Nevels. Both of them are in there. Yeah. Hunter Katka for Virginia Tech, I think, is another guy that's registering that's really good. Austin Harris for Oklahoma State, former round of 12 guy. <laughs> I you know I know some Oklahoma State fans might feel different, but he's, he can go on a run. Uh, as well as yeah, Austin Harris had the runs of all runs last year at the NCAA's that yes. would be hard to recreate. Yeah, but very true. Speaking of OSU heavyweights, we have Connor Doucette, who's also registered. And Connor Doucette was a he was a big time recruit for the heavyweight division. He hasn't been able to break our lineup um, with you know Harris being the starter last year and then Luke Serber kind of stealing that away this year. But um, Connor Doucette is a very talented guy who could maybe do something down there. And, uh, you know, he might surprise some people. He's been in some opens this year. He hasn't wrestled, you know, anyone crazy. But he is 6-0, and he's got uh, two D1 wins in there over Michigan State and Indiana. So you never know. He might be able to do something. I mean, last year he he did have a win over Wolfgram, who we talked about earlier. Um, and Wolfgram has been wrestling pretty well this year. He's got a win over Heinzelman, so he's not he's no scrub. Yeah, so I don't know. I'd call him a dark horse, but you know, you never know on that 
on that. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't see him going far in the bracket, but I could see him, um, you know, getting a couple wins and surprising people a little bit in there. Yeah, it kind of sucks that we're not seeing everyone at full strength. Obviously, there's some pretty top guys at certain weights that are out. Um, yeah, for, for, for me for as well, teams. I'm definitely going to – I'm leaning Elam as well in that bracket to win it. I'm interested by Mets, but I can't see him – beating the rest of these guys. Um, both those Neville's brothers, they're both good wrestlers, but I don't see them. I mean, Elam should be, he should be the guy to win this. Um, he's got a talented past. He's a talented wrestler. He's been in round of 16 and round of 12. And no bad losses this year, but no great wins. I mean, he handled Mets. But uh, Elam, he's a weird guy. I think he could, could and should win this bracket. And I don't I'm, see many uh, yeah, dark horses of note. I'm not going to call out Austin Harris and he's going to go in there and Greco throw people and pin them like he did the NCAAs. I hey, feel like that was a, a special he, weekend for him. But, it uh, probably was, but I, I've always liked Austin Harris. I think he's, he's I like the guy and I, and I root for him. He, he can be. But um, he has he wrestled recently for us at CKLV actually, and he did not have a good loss or no Reno. I'm sorry, not CKLV Reno. He lost uh, randomly to some guy from like Providence or something, seven to two. So he just got handled there. Um, there I mean, he pinned the rest of his way, but uh, <laughs> you know. Austin yeah. Harris, maybe he'll make some noise. He might, you know, he's he's maybe he's fully leaned into his whole throwing thing. He likes to be the guy slinging him around. I mean, I I could definitely see it. Yeah, this way, I also think I don't, I feel like any one of these like top what six guys, I would would not be overly surprised to, to see win. Like AJ Neville's, um, you know, former Fresno State two-time qualifier, eleven and five on the year. With losses to, he got pinned by Mets, which honestly, Mets is just one of those guys that sometimes that happens. Um, it's a big body. Yeah, teched by Gable, pinned by Davison, Lucas Davison, lost to Christian Lance, and lost to Tate Orndorff. So he doesn't have any bad losses. So I think any one of these like top six guys could realistically like be in the finals. Um, oh, for sure. It, it definitely it, like go back to your earlier point. It sucks so bad that we're not seeing these top teams. We're not seeing Gable. We're not seeing a lot of the NC State starters. We're not seeing any OSU starters. You know, what looks so stacked is getting ruined a little bit by, you know, and we're, we're missing out on some Virginia Tech guys too. You know, it, it's getting ruined by the current circumstances of things, which kind of sucks, but there's still some great matches that are going to have to happen at some point. Well, also, you know, um, Looking at the teams that are supposed to be here, this is early entries. It's only, what, Monday? So we could see teams being mm -hmm. added. Actually, now that I'm looking at the teams that might be here, Air Force, if they show up, then Wyatt Hendrickson. Oh, so, so, yeah, I was going to say Air, Hyatt yeah. Hendrickson would be my guy, honestly, yeah, if, uh, I think if they end up showing up. A pretty heavy favorite. For the most part, though, I think there's supposed to be 32 teams there. Um, I think there's a little more than that with, with teams like Penn State. Um, and Little Rock sending some guys, but not like full squads. Oh, actually, Little mm -hmm. Rock's listed. But um, pretty, these brackets should be pretty big. There's not a lot of, there's seems to be an average about five, six. 
ranks guys at each weight. Um, so there's a lot of of matches where I I would not be surprised by anything. You know, a guy, especially with how these brackets play out. You know, we talked about guys that could come in unseated, like Mahler um, or Facundo. Like both could. Yeah. Facundo could is one of those guys that's been like a massive recruit, but hasn't. Um really made all that noise that much noise honestly um for penn state quite yet um people have been i feel like quietly wondering you know what's the deal why haven't we heard more out of facundo because he hasn't even been able to break uh really into the starting lineup there yeah but and i don't know if that's just a red shirt issue penn state loves to you know they love to twiddle around with their lineups and do some weird stuff yeah, and Facuno, I mean, he's got only one loss this year, just top bottom loss to a guy from Maryland. Um, no real wins of note outside of that, but you know, I think people are just wanting to see him explode, and maybe this could be his chance to do that. Yeah, uh, they tend to like holding on to guys' red shirts sometimes. Uh, they also got Gary Steen here, who was a pretty big recruit. Mm-hmm. Um. I was looking to see if they had Tony Negroni because he's been. I think he's, Steen hasn't won yet this year, if I'm not mistaken. He's only wrestled like once or twice, but. Oh, really? Yeah, he's, he's just 0 2 this year. Um, yeah, as far as Facundo goes, it is kind of definitely someone to keep your eye on. You know, we talked before about how sometimes Penn State will just develop these guys and they're studs almost, not out of nowhere, but feels like they make significant jumps um there's there's yeah with the absence of some of the big starters for certain weights i think there's a chance for some pretty big red shirts to get in as i scroll looking through some of the entries cooper flynn for virginia tech uh greg diakmahalis a little bit of backtracking for me um going all the way back to 125 uh, with, you know, OSU not sending starters, not having Mestre Giovanni, we are sending Reese Whitcraft, who is a former qualifier and has wrestled some good guys tough in the past. He's a weird wrestler, like, will get in some bad situations, but also can put up a lot of points. So he's dangerous, but also puts himself in danger a lot, too. So with that being a pretty top heavy weight and not super deep, he could maybe do a little something in there, too. I actually really like Reese Whitcraft. I think that if he were starting, if he were at a different school, he'd probably be the starter, especially down mm-hmm. at what seems to be a more natural weight at 125. Um, yeah, for so sure. So, yeah, he, he's he's definitely someone that I could see being some interesting matches for sure. Um, as far as we talked about picking the team champ as well, um, as far as teams that are sending so like hard. their – Well, I mean, the only – top team you know i'm looking at wrestle stat nc state is not sending a full lineup osu is only sending backups cornell is not sending a full lineup virginia tech is not sending a full lineup minnesota isn't um i think north carolina is but the other top five team or uh top ranked team that is sending a full lineup is mizzou so I'm going to take Mizzou. It's not just my Mizzou bias. They're no, real... so predictable. <laughs> I know. They're, they're sending a full a full lineup. They're one of the only like top teams to do it. Um, and I think that, you know, I'm hoping to see Keegan bonus his way, at least pro- hopefully to like the semis. And Rocky to start 
getting some some big wins. Um, I've really been looking for Allen Hart. Uh, Noah Certain's gotten so is I would someone I would consider a pinner. So I think they not only are they sending a full lineup, I think that they have the guys that can like get the bonus points to to yeah. get a win here. I think something that will be actually a little surprising, at least for you two. Um, I, I'm going to agree with you there. Um, I'm going to pick Mizzou as the team champions. It's, it's a huge benefit to them. They are sending a full lineup, and these top, other top teams are sending either no starters or, you know, two starters, you know, nothing out of the – nothing crazy. So I think that's a big benefit to them, um, that they have a full lineup, you know, full hand to go in there and – kind of take care of things. And yeah, you're uh, not Mizzou buys, but man, riding Allen Hart as the champion, that is, I don't know. I just, uh, I have not been able to see it out of Allen Hart this year. I, I watched that guy in the past and he is super exciting to watch. He can, he can score, man. And he's got not quite that DeSanto pressure, but he pressures guys. And I have not seen that out of him this year. I've only seen him in probably about four or five matches. But um, two of the matches I saw him in person was UNI and Virginia Tech. And I was uh, he lost one of those matches to Kale Happel of Northern Iowa, who's not a bad wrestler at all. He's not a bad wrestler, but a match nonetheless that he should win. But I will say as of late, uh, with a win over Ryan Jack, who looked really good and had an extremely extremely controversial loss over Jay Nyerman who I think mm-hmm. beat um that's a really good win for Alan well, Hart and if that's and, the trend he's on then you know I don't think that's as crazy a pick for him to win if that's the trend he's on and Connor McGonigal um is kind of he he beat him pretty handily and while not really I think he's just first now in the rankings but originally his two losses were to Jay Nyerman and Nick Lee. Um, and he, hmm. he, he got With a win. the win over Dresden Simon. Yeah, exactly. Who has, who Hart and uh, Simon went back and forth last year. So I, I, with those two matches, after I saw that, I, I felt like he got some of his mojo back. He's definitely got an uphill battle to get there. He'd probably have to avenge a loss to Aliras. I think yeah, that, that'll be a tough one. But, you know, Clay Carlson is obviously a stud, but if a heart if Hart can look like the hearts of last year, I I I think that'd be some good good yeah. matches coming out of there. Yeah. Getting his way through Aliras and Carlson, that'll be tough. Not impossible, but very tough. Mm-hmm. Um, for sure. So, you know, we could see some some really fun matches at that weight. Um, and yeah. then as well, you know, you've got Real Woods and Keyjohn Clark in there. So that that's that's tough tough top six at yeah. one forty one, and with Hone, you know, sitting there unranked because he hasn't been a starter. So God, one forty one is gonna be fun. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of weight classes that that you know, while there aren't a lot of ranked guys, there's probably at least one to to three All Americans, and then probably like four guys in the top ten. You know, mm-hmm. uh, we've got quite a few former national champs or returning national champs here. So, and you, there's always going to be some guy that we're going to, we haven't even talked about that's going to get some big upset and make us, yeah, look, exactly. make us look dumb, Stupid. but, but uh, it should be a really good tournament. You know, a scuffle, 
Uh, I was kind of hoping some of the big teams from Midlands would be able to hop into this tournament once that got canceled. Yeah, but that would have been something special, huh? Yeah, I, I think they were already full is, is what I heard. Um, yeah. But it's, it's weird how Midlands has dissipated now since they canceled the tournament because when we discussed previously, previously there's kind of like little mini tournaments popping up out of it because um, I, I was holding something, aren't they? Um, yeah, Iowa, I believe, is holding the um, Hawkeye Open, which I don't know how many entries they're getting. Let me look. Uh, Bash, Justin Bash on Twitter tweeted out, okay, so we've got the Matman Open, which is people are considering the new Midlands, um, on December 29th and 30th on Rofkin. It'll be another $10 pay-per-view like uh, National Duels was. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the Hawkeye Open will be the same dates. Uh, scuffle January 1st and 2nd on Rofkin and they um, like the original Midlands will have a women's division um, oh, yeah, Mid- Midlands, yeah Midlands was going to have a women's division for the first time but once it got canceled the Matman Open um, they I think they said that they wanted to respect the some of the tournament providers for the Hawkeye Open how they were adding a women's division they didn't want to split the two teams um, mm-hmm. And then we've we've got the scuffle on the first and second on flow wrestling. So lots of lots of really good tournaments coming up. Um, we'll start to hopefully see some guys separate and get their names out there and and get a better idea of where we can start tiering guys. You know, like I'm really yeah, looking sure. at guys like Noah Certain. Um, I really want to see him against Cardinal and McKee to see if he can show that he's make up for those losses last year. Um, yeah, I think this will be a big weekend for Noah Certain. Um, I feel like now that he performed so well at National Duels and he got a couple good wins there, people are kind of wanting to see, you know, if that's really the level he's at or if that was kind of a, you know, just a great weekend for him. Because uh, it does have that loss to Teske earlier this year. And, you know, Pinned Sam Latona, but Sam Latona looks. I mean, I don't know if it's. It's. I'm thinking it's a weight cut thing. Yeah. But that dude is off. I mean, he is not the same guy so far. He, you know, got pinned by certain. He got worked by Teske. Lost to Heinzelman, Mancio, and got absolutely shellacked by Vito. Um. So he's not looking like a guy that was an All American last year. Yeah. Um. um but yeah, seeing what this weekend could mean for certain, I think is a big uh, indicator for what we can maybe get out of uh, the 125 division this year. Yeah. 125 kind of feels like one of those weight classes where, you know, there's the top five or six guys, especially with someone like um, Suriano coming back and Spencer being there and Vito dropping down, but past those kind of top tier guys, there's a, a lot of room. Um, in those last two or three All-American spots. Yeah, so sounds like we all agree for Mizzou to, to win here, probably on their way to winning the NCAA title, as, as we all agree <laughs> No, with. as you guys are preparing your super team for whenever the NCAAs are held in Kansas City, yeah, um, yeah, you're going to need that super team to uh, show what they can at the scuffle first before they go win the NCAA. <laughs> well, well, we'll see one, you know, we'll see Keegan probably. Pin and it's important through. for you guys because I feel like Mizzou consistently is a, um, they are a dual team, but tend to kind of 
flutter a little bit at tournaments. You know, they don't always have that same performance that you want. Like they look fantastic all year. They'll go 15 and 0 in duels and then sputter at the tournament. So if they can go out there, win scuffle, um, you know, even if teams aren't there fully winning scuffle is still a great achievement. So if they can do that and kind of establish themselves as a little bit better tournament team, you know, they're going to be scary. Yeah. You know, we've, we've taken some losses. Um, 2020 was a tough dual year for us, but this is the most losses we've had since 2017. Um, so hopefully we can turn that into getting some, getting some big wins at this, uh, this tournament, even if it's not, the top teams being here, I'm really going to be looking at some of the individual performances and and looking at how they they look to get bonus as well. Yeah, it could be a really exciting weekend to see how some of these backups for certain teams and redshirt guys, you know, love seeing those guys come out to tournaments like this or opens and making some noise. I, I still remember back when Caden G. Feller was a freshman and he made the scuffle finals, so... You know, yeah. somebody's going to be out there and someone's going to do that this year. We just don't know who it's going to be yet. So, yeah, so that's that's kind of what we're looking at for Scuffle. That, like we said, it'll be January 1st and 2nd on Flow. For this podcast, I guess we'll kind of talk about what our plan is in general. Most episodes should hopefully be around an hour. It looks like this one's just a little, little past that. For now, we will probably post it. Uh, I had a previous uh sub stack where i had a um a blog writing going so we'll probably post it on there and then work our way to try to get it on spotify probably do like a Love weekly, that. yeah hopefully do like a weekly show um you know i'm i'm in grad school right now for physical therapy so i'm a little busy and kyle and morgan both work full time so some of the episodes may be a little throughout the week but we'll we'll find a way to get together and and put some content out there yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed the first episode. We'll get a little bit more lively going here for this. Is the opening one, I didn't want to be too much for too many people already. So, <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll loosen up. <laughs> I had to ease everybody on. into it. <laughs> but um, but feel free to leave us a comment. I don't think we have any social media set up right now. Not yet, but no. the possibilities are endless. So. Oh yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure our wonderful producer will will get things get something out there for us. Um, if you do want to tweet any suggestions, criticisms, you know, call us dumb for our picks, call us homers. Um, you can tweet <laughs> me at FFJames94 on Twitter. And you absolutely cannot tweet me. Don't even look for my Twitter and don't offer me any criticism. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> she's, she's free from all criticism, basically. Um, just the producer doesn't deserve the criticism yeah exactly exactly as long just as like no, no no mako hating here i was gonna say yeah. as long as long as there's no mako criticism i think that will probably be okay yep that's exactly right but uh but thank you guys for listening i hope you enjoyed um remember to support your women's wrestling out there but yeah that's the podcast bye Have a great time guys yep see ya